Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. And looking across the room, and they start picking, you know, you and the next person, and then they, you know, your name's not picked first or second or third or fourth or fifth, and you're going, am I, am I going to be that one? Am I, am I going to be the last one? And you're freaking out, and it gets down to it, and then, you know, you're the last one picked. Um, I, was, I was that one. I was the last one picked until my junior year of high school. If you look back at pictures, I think there's some, somehow threw up on Facebook. I don't know how. But uh, I was 4'11 my freshman year of high school, okay, like, like this tall, and uh, th- you can't even recognize me, and when I was a junior, I grew a foot, and I became six foot tall in about a year and a half, and so my junior year, I was, you know, I was six foot, had it all together, not, and uh, I was the first one picked, but can I tell you why? Some of you know this, I was the only guy in my gym class <laughs> that year, all right, but I felt good about myself, okay? So I felt really good. And man, when you pick first for floor hockey, and you know, back before I was married, you're playing floor hockey as a junior in high school with a bunch of girls. It was a good thing back then, okay? I was just saying, so we'll just leave it there. I'm happily married to my wife of over 17 and almost 17 and a half years. And uh, 17 years of marriage, about seven years of pure bliss. So it's been an awesome, awesome ride. Some of you will get there. Um, hey, here's what I want to do. How many of you um, have heard or seen, again, um, people have been vomiting on Facebook lately of basically the world was going to end yesterday. Anybody see that? Like it was just, I, I looked, I finally turned it off. I'm like, I'm sick of this crud. Let's just throw it away. And so what I realized is I was going to go a whole different direction today with bench warmers. I was going to say, hey, get in the game, be a part of church. So that's that message. We're done with that. Now I'm moving on to the next one with bench warmers. Okay. So there's that tonight, by the way, I don't know if you heard Derek, but we have our intro dinner here from five to six thirty. If you're going What's the church all about? What, is, what makes the church tick? If you have questions, anything, tonight is kind of that next step. So if you have not been to one tonight, man, we're right here. Um, Craig Peterson makes just an incredible meal every, uh, every time. And so there's childcare, free food. What, what more do you need for a great date night? Okay, so come on out. It'll be, it'll be fun. We will be done by 6.30 at the absolute latest. All right, now, some of you intimidate me in two different ways. Some of you out here this morning, do you realize we have within our church right now in this room, we have the most mature Christian and, and the other spectrum, right? <laughs> no, what, what? What about that? And then we have like the strongest person, physically strongest, and the weakest person within this room. Now, praise God, God loves us all the same, right? Come on. Can, yeah. All right. It's good. Now, there's some people that like, they're just like, all right, and they're, they're like ripped, and they like, you know, they have these muscles and, you know, I've been working out lately and I go into the gym and they're just, they're just like, Bleh! and I walk in there and I lift my shirt up and you see my tummy still hanging out a little bit. Like we're working out, we're down 50, we're getting there. Okay, come on, come on, we're getting there. 50. Since January, down 50, man, all right. And uh, here, here's what I want to say though. When you look at muscles, what, what happens when you stop using them? You don't use them, you lose them. It's amazing that came from Nikki on the front row right now. I just want to say that. You want somebody that's buff? You got this couple right here, man. They will have your back too. They're an incredible couple. Um, But here's the deal. If you don't use it, you end up losing it. And I think faith sometimes, just hear me out, maybe maybe you look up at me, and and some of you don't know me that well, but maybe you think, man, Pastor, you've, you've got faith, and you got it all together, and you guys planted this church, and things are going great, and, and all. can I just say that it's not always like that? It's, it's not. It's, it's not always great, you know, um, and sometimes faith 
can be a very much a real struggle for me as well. Sometimes I'm going, all right, God, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why you're doing it. I don't even know how you're going to accomplish what you want to do, but I'm going to trust you, okay, even though I don't see it. And so faith, it's like, it's like a muscle. When I look at, pick on, on Jamie and Nikki, when I look at their muscles, I just imagine I have what they have, you know? Like, you can't imagine what somebody else's faith is. You have to be concerned with your faith. What is your faith? And just, so just taking a self-assessment right now this morning, where is your faith at? Are you like, yeah, dude, I, I don't know. Or are you going, man, I'm, I'm like strong, man. I want to get involved. I want to be part of the church. I'm, I'm good to go. Let's do something. You're like, whoa, let's, you're just like, I'm fire. Like, you know, calm down, boy, calm down. You know, where is your faith at? Or yesterday, were you like, were you quivering? Were you like, ah, ah, is the world going to end? Is things going to happen? Like, like where, where is it at? And so what I want to encourage you today is, is a couple things. You look at this movie, and within the context of bench warmers, I love that I get to preach on bench warmers, man. This is so fun, all right? Get to make bench warmers biblically foundational. Come on, no other church is going to do that. I'm sorry, all right? And, and in the movie, you have all of these people and these, these guys that were picked last. And, you know, kids that were picked last and kids that nobody wanted. And all of a sudden, this team wants, and they basically said, man, if you guys beat... You know, all the other teams, I'll build this ballpark for you. And they're like, yeah, and it's a cool, I'll let you watch it sometime. It's a cool how it all plays out. But I realize what happens within our faith walk is we don't often use that muscle, okay? We, just as we physically exercise, we need to faith exercise. We need to make sure we are utilizing the faith that God has given us. And now what is, what is faith? We talk about faith in the church. It gets thrown out. I want to just give you kind of three simple things about what faith is. Real, real practical, very, very simple. One is prayer, okay? Prayer. Faith equals prayer. The other is faith equals taking action, okay? It's not just prayer. It's not just action. It's a combination. And then third, it's praise. Praise just means we are going to give God the glory he deserves within our faith walk, okay? So prayer, action, praise. And so let's, let's unpack the three together. If you're willing, will you say prayer with me? Okay. Let me ask you this, and I'm not looking for a show of hands because I'm not here to pick on anybody, okay? But I'm going to get a little dicey this morning, especially if you're a seasoned Christian. I'm going to pick on you for a little bit, all right? Here's what I want to ask you, and, and don't raise your hand, but how many of you seriously think, like you are, you are 100% convinced beyond the shadow of a doubt that we are living in the, don't raise your hand, we are living in the end times, like this, like, you're like, man, everything that's going on, man, we raised money for the hurricanes, we, you know, we saw Harvey, and Irma, and Jose, and Maria, and, and all these hurricanes, and we saw the fires, you know, out west, and in Canada, we've seen that going on, and then we looked down, you know, um, the earthquake in Mexico City this week, and we're going, oh my goodness, now, now I just want to say that, here's where I'm at, I think we're a lot closer than we used to be, and here's why. Red Savoy Pizza closed last week. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Now, if my other favorite restaurant up in Park Rapids closed, it's the end of the world. It's Armageddon. It's bad. Now, here's what I want to do. I'm not trying to make light of this topic. However, I think sometimes this whole topic of end times and how do we, what does this have to do with faith? What does this have to do with being a bench warmer? Well, unpack that. But I think sometimes we can get so caught up in the fact that, oh, no, it's the end, that we start living in fear rather than in faith. And God is asking us, especially as seasoned believers, not to freak out new people, but to be like, dude, it's going to be okay. Jesus has you. Not, oh, Satan's going to destroy you! Just whack them and walk away, okay? Seriously, you have my permission to whack a Christian, okay? 
Because if we're doing that, it's out of fear. It's not faith-based. And God wants us to be biblically sound, biblically minded. And within his word, he tells us the whole story. Jesus knows the finish line. Jesus knows the end. Jesus has this whole big plan that we don't often see. And what he's going is he says, here's the plan. He's looking over on the sidelines and there's a bunch of people sitting down on the chair and they're just going, cool. Groovy. That's awesome, man. You guys are playing well. And Jesus is going, get in the game, man. Come on, grab a ball. I don't know how to play. I'm here to teach you. So are others. Okay, we're going to learn together. We're going to jump in that game. Okay, and so faith, the first part of it is prayer. The first part of it is prayer. Now, we don't know when Christ is coming back. Okay, we don't. It even says within the word of God that even in the book of Revelation that Jesus Christ, the Son, does not know when he returns. Now, we're an assembly God church. That just means this. We believe that Jesus Christ will return someday, okay? There are millions of theories on when, millions of theories on how, all of this different speculation. We're not, I'm not gonna get into the theology of it this morning. If you wanna talk about that with me sometime, set up an appointment, we'll go grab coffee. I'll talk all day with you about that. Used to study it. But what I want to study is the faith, the things that matter that push us closer to Jesus Christ, not further from it. You know, this last Sunday, I saw one of the coolest things I ever saw. I watched people go up and actually buy meals from others. In fact, I got to talk to one, I don't know if you're here this morning, but one uh, engineer, and uh, Troy walked into Tasty's Pizza, I'm picking on Troy, and he bought uh, slices of pizza for people and started handing them out. And uh, I walked in there just like, man, we couldn't believe that you would do this. And I think sometimes we don't realize the impact that we're actually having you know, and we get so caught up on the, the things that are detrimental to our faith walk. Right? Look, look at what God is doing. We have to realize, just as Pastor Derek was saying, that God is real. God is on the move. And what God is doing, I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of a church that isn't stagnant. I want to be a part of a church that we pray, we take action, we see what God's doing, we give him the praise. If you're with me, say, yeah. yeah. All right. So here's the deal. For some reason... I'm going to talk to seasoned Christians. If, if you're not, you know, if you're new to the faith walk, just, just take note. But really, for those of you that have been around a long time, okay, is this. Some of you are bench warmer now, and you're learning to play defense rather than offense. That is not your call in life. Your call is to play offense. Let me show you. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. It says, now I say, I think we have this on the screen. Do we have that this morning? Do we have that? Should have the verses for you. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. It says, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my, if you know what? My church. My church. And the gates of hell will not conquer it or will not prevail. Okay? So in other words, the book of Matthew said, I'm going to build my church on the rock. Rock is Peter. And the gates of hell will not what? Will not prevail. They will not conquer it. You see, we are not called to be bench warmers, and we're also not called to play defense. Okay, let's, here's what I want to do with th- this verse. I want to set the record straight biblically. We know who wins. Come on, somebody. Jesus has defeated the power of hell and the power of darkness. It's game over for him. Boom, done, okay? Jeez, seriously, it, it, that, that's, we know what happens. And so sometimes us as Christians, we look at this and we're like, we get all mamsy-pamsy, man. And we're like, oh, Satan this, oh, Satan that. Oh, look how bad everything is. Shut up. God is good. God is doing great things. Jesus is 
life, Jesus won. And when we look at the enemy, we go, oh, the gates of hell, man. The gates of hell are not a weapon. It's a defensive strategy that stinks. Think about it for one moment. Think about it. Think about it. You're, you're on the offense. Yeah, I'm fired up, Pastor Chris. Let's go. Let's, let's take the city. Let's take the world. Let's do it, man. I've got my faith. I'm ready to pray. And you show up to war with me with a gate. I'm going to beat you in the head with it. That's your weapon of choice, a gate? Yeah, man, the gate's not going to prevent. No. Bring, I want, like, you know, an AK-47, Uzi radar, laser, triple barrel, double scope, heat scene, shotgun or something, okay? I don't want a gate. I don't want a gate. What's a gate for? It's defensive. Ah, the devil's whooshing out, man. He's like behind a gate going, oh, no, it's over, so I got to hide here until it's done. Okay, so do not give the enemy credit. We are going to give Jesus credit. Are you with me this morning? Come on. Hey, on occasion, the Southern Baptist comes out. I don't know why, because I never have been. But hey, that's where we're at. Is Jesus coming back? Yep. When? Well, sooner than yesterday. That's all we need to know. Okay? Matthew chapter 11, 12. It says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence. Okay? The kingdom of heaven subjected to violence. And violent people have been raiding it. That's who I want on my team, man. I want some men and some women who are violent. Say, I will offensively go against the enemy of us, Satan. We're going to take hold. We're going to pray. We're going to give God the glory. We're going to take action. We're going to do all of it. We're not going to sit on the sidelines. You're not to sit back and just wait and see what happens, you know? You're to be in the middle of it. Not just the pastor, not just the associate pastor, but everybody. We're to be in the middle of it. Waging war, risking, giving everything that we can for the cause of Christ. Everything. And I think sometimes we're, we're like that commentator on the sidelines and we're going, I look what happened in here. The devil's taking this, the devil's taking that, and he's on, and he's going, he's going to score, shoot, score, touchdown, you know? No, we're not to be the commentator, we're to be the game player, Okay? You're to be in the game. We're to be in it. Don't watch it through someone else's lens. Watch it through the lens of Christ for, his, for, your, for your life that he has for you. Let me ask you this. We're talking about prayer. All this stuff, is the world going to end? Do your prayers during that time, during now, now I'm talking to everybody, do your prayers reflect Christ's authority? Do they? Sometimes my prayers are wussified, man. Because I'm like, God, I, I can't see that happening. But then I go, well, if I could see it happening, why would I need God? I hope your prayers are bigger than you and realize Christ has all authority. You know, I shared last week the Great Commission. And last week, you know, I talked about, hey, we're to go into all the world, making disciples of people, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Go into all the world. And I missed it last week, but often there's a scripture right before it, and it says this. It's verse 18. It says, then Jesus came to them, that's his disciples, and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's Matthew 28, verse 18. All authority has been given to me according to Jesus. Jesus was trying to tell his disciples, this is offensive. And so our job as Christians is to pound hell in the face. We don't stand back. We don't wait. Okay? We pound hell in the face. So number two, we don't only pray, we take action. Anyone familiar with the book of Esther? The book of Esther is one of my favorite books in the entire Old Testament. I love it. And if you go back through our audio archives, you can listen. We did a whole sermon series. We went verse by verse through Esther. We actually did a special edition because 
within what's known as the Apocrypha, just a fancy word of saying the other books of the Bible that the Catholic Church has that we don't, um, that we don't believe is um, canon, which in other words is the inspired word of God. I actually did a little excerpt on that. Um, You can listen to if you ever want to. But in the book of Exeter, one of the main things is she's praying for her people because she realizes that all of the Jews are going to be annihilated. They're going to be killed and destroyed. So first she prays. If Esther would have stopped there, the entire people group would have been destroyed. She would have prayed. And you know why? Because she was the answer to her prayer. She was the answer to the prayer. I think sometimes we're often waiting on God and God's going, you know what, I'm waiting on you. He's waiting on us. And so she takes action. She goes to the king. She says to the king, hey, I want to make a meal for you. She does it again. And eventually she tells him what's up, knowing that she could lose her life. But she's willing to take action because she cares about her people. And so the second part is so important. I think sometimes we like to, well, God, I prayed, and I'm called to be an intercessor, and I'm called to just, you know, be that prayer warrior, but I'm really not called to take action. If you read Ephesians 4, we're all called to take action. Faith is this. It's not only prayer. It's the action, and some of us don't take that action. Can I just, can I just speak it? Why don't we take action? We're afraid. We're afraid. We're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of so many different things. We're afraid of what people might think. We're afraid, man, we don't have it all together. We're afraid, well, people are going to think a hypo- I'm a hypocrite because I do this and, and I don't do this. And, and what's happening is we're using that fear. We're letting the enemy get in rather than going, hey, let's use that fear to help someone in their faith. People would rather hear that you're real than you got everything figured out. No one wants to hear from a Christian who's got it all figured out. No. No, and if you meet one, they, they don't. None of us do. And we know what's truth, and that's Jesus Christ. That's truth. And I like simple truth. Faith, faith is fear's remedy. Did you catch that? Faith is fear's remedy. Any, I'm not just rhetorical, any of you ever worry about anything? I, I, sometimes I worry, sometimes my kids worry about different things. And there was a study done, and what's really interesting when it comes to worrying, okay, is most of it is irrational. In fact, the study done, ready for this? Out of 100% of all things we worry about, out of 100%, 8% of them come true. So that's 8 out of 100, all right? 8 out of 100. Does it even come true? Now think about that. So you got 100%. Only 8% of what we worry about comes to happen. Out of that 8%, so we already have this tiny chunk. Out of this tiny chunk, out of that 8%, only 4% of the 8%, you do the math, it's like really, really tiny amount, do we have any control over? 4% of 8% do we have any control over? That's it. That's so tiny. And we end up worrying about these things rather than having faith. Psalm 112 verse 7, it says this, they will have no fear of bad news. Okay? Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Let me ask you this this morning. Do you trust in the Lord? It's between you and Him. Yeah, give Him praise. If you trust in Him, give Him praise. That's fine. Do you trust in the Lord? Do you? I'm learning what trust means. You know, what happens if an earthquake happens? What happens if, you know, what if Jesus does come back and there's seven years of complete hell on earth? Are we going to lose faith? Are we going to 
are we going to stay steadfast? Are we going to trust in the Lord? Whatever it looks like, are we going to continue to trust in him? Psalm 112.7, they will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Look, I don't know what you're going through. You know, it's easier for us to compartmentalize what's happening down in the south or north or west of us rather than what's happening in our own hearts. We all go through tragedies. We know people within our own circle of influence that go through tragedies, go through tough, tough things. And let me say this. Whatever your tragedy is this morning, whatever your tragedy is, allow your tragedy to become your triumph. Allow your tragedy to become your triumph. This is when we take action. You see, when tragedy, when tragedy strikes, when tragedy shows up, it shows us what kind of faith we have, doesn't it? It does. Tragedy is, man, tragedy is tough. We don't know what everybody has walked through. We don't know what everybody is walking through. And so allow your tragedy to become your triumph. Even when bad things end up happening, let them become praise reports for God. Romans eight twenty eight. it says this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. That's anyone that has said yes to Jesus. He's got your whole life planned. Second thing is love your life, not the one you wish you had. You heard me say that a couple weeks ago. Love your life, not the one you wish you had. You could say that to other pastors, you know, love the calling that God has called you to, not the one you wish you had. You know, I posted that on Facebook. Some of you saw that a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you never know what's going to happen. I went through my notifications and I posted that. I said, love, love your life, not the one you wish you had. And a lot of people are like, oh, I needed that today. Thank you, pastor. That's, that's where I'm at. I just, man, that's, that's what God is doing in my life. And, and I noticed on the notifications, you know how sometimes you can like see the, the picture of the person who like likes your post? And without even going through, I, I noticed it was my cousin. For those of you that don't know, my cousin, her name is Catherine, and Catherine's my age, we're a week apart, and for the last year, she's been battling stage four cancer. All of a sudden, that had a whole deeper meaning for me. You know, allowing, loving the life you have, not the one you wish you had. And when she, you know, I was in tears when she liked it because I thought, I'm not walking through that, she is. And my prayer for her, and I, I know this is her prayer, is that our, our pain that we go through becomes our platform. Every single one of us has pain. We can use it, use it in fear or we can use it in faith, whatever that pain might be. Last one is this. Faith equals praise. Faith equals praise. I don't know about you guys this morning, but I love praising with Becca and Laura. Didn't they do a great job this morning with the team? Come on. That was fun. What a, just the talent in this church building just rocks my mind sometimes. Sometimes it's, let's be real here. When, when we started the church, we looked at other churches and they were growing faster and they were doing bigger things and all that. It's really easy to get discouraged because you look at other people's praise reports and you're going, well, God, you're, you're obviously doing that in their life. Or you hear testimonies of people online or on KTIS calling in and, and you're like, well, that's great for them. And then we end up missing that God can actually do that in our lives. Okay? I want you to realize that God is still the God of the miraculous. He can still do whatever he wants and whether he does what we think he's going to do or does not, can we still praise him? We need to be able to do that. Faith is prayer, it's taking action, and it's praising Him. In fact, maybe you have faith 
for others, but when it comes to your own issues, you think God can't help you. I said this about a year ago. We all have issues, and if you don't think you have an issue, that is your issue. Some of you are like, I still don't, I don't get it, I don't have any issues. We have issues. God doesn't answer all my prayers, man. Not in the timeline that I want him to. Am I the only one he does that to? Is God answering all your prayers just as soon as you want? Not for me, man, not the way I want. I'm like, God, what are you doing? You're not doing it the way I think you should do it, God. And he's just like, you're funny, you know. God doesn't answer all my prayers. Not the way I think he should. But I still praise him. I still praise him. God has this plan I don't fully understand. I, I, I know I fit into it. I know you fit into it. I don't think any of us, we know Jesus wins, but we don't know how it looks the rest of our life. You know, we don't have it all figured out and mapped out and planned out. And as soon as we think we do, God just annihilates that, doesn't he? You know, Derek and I were talking um, a few weeks ago at this pastor's conference and an illustration he heard and uh, he just shared it with me, so I'm stealing it. So sorry, you're done one sermon illustration, man. Um, but within this illustration, he was talking about the vastness of God and how we try to get to know him. You know, the fact that we even try to study God is almost arrogant because we can't know everything about him. And the illustration was this. He, you know, he heard that, you know, if you take a pop can, you drop it in the ocean. That's kind of like our understanding of God. God's the ocean. Our pop can's just our little bit of understanding. And until Derek flew to Israel here a few months ago, it never really came to him like how vast the ocean actually is. And I think, I don't fully understand everything God is doing, but I'm going to praise him. I'm going to praise him. I don't know what tragedies you have walked through, or maybe you still blame God for. I have at times. You know, sometimes we have to forgive God. Well, what? God didn't do anything wrong, did he? So why do we forgive him? It's not that he did anything wrong. It's that we're holding him in judgment. And so, God, I release that judgment. That's what forgiveness is. God has a plan we don't fully understand. Let me close with this as Becca's coming up here. We serve a God who can turn things completely around. If you believe that, say, yeah. See, when we start praying, when we start taking action, when we start praising Him, all of these coincidences start to happen. Are they really coincidences? I don't believe they are, okay? I believe God has a destined plan. Let me, some of you know this story, but it was about four and a half years ago, Matt, um, Matt Sandvig, plays on the worship team, and, and myself, we were on a flight, and we had a little layover flight in Atlanta, from Atlanta to Jacksonville. And on this flight, next to me, was this, this gentleman, a few years older than me, like 20 years older than me, and he's sitting next to me, his name's Bill, and Bill, if you're watching, I love you, bro. And uh, never met him in my life. And Bill's sitting next to me, and we start talking. And, you know, where are you from? Where are you from? I, what am I, I love just talking to strangers, man. I, it's, I, I'm just a geek about it. And so we start getting to know each other. And, you know, sooner or later, what do all men do? You pull out your fishing pictures. Come on. So we, we pull out our fishing pictures. And, uh, you know, he's showing me his on this iPad. And I'm showing him, like, my little crappies and little sunnies. And, and he's showing me his, his ginormous, you know, fish he's catching out in the ocean. I don't even know what they were. And uh, I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is incredible. 45-minute flight. 45-minute flight from Atlanta to Jacksonville. We're, we're in a Delta flood. It's the middle of a thunderstorm. And then there's tornadoes and all these warnings. It was just total chaos. And, and I counted up to God being next to him. 
Well, um, we land. Here I'm a stranger. He's a stranger. Within 45 minutes, we come to terms. I don't even know how it came up. But he said, hey, what are you guys doing Friday? I said, Friday, our flight doesn't leave till later on that night. We have kind of the morning off. And he's like, why don't you guys come deep sea fishing with me and my buddies? Well, let me think about that for a nanosecond. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't care if you're going to slaughter me out there. It's a way to go. You know, I don't know if you're some creep, but all right, let's do it. And uh, we go, and it was one of those, like, you get out there, and we don't know them. They don't know us. We talk funny. They talk funny, you know, and, and uh, that's southern draw, man, big time. And, you know, up north, up there, you know, that's how we were talking. And, and so we get together, and we start learning about each other. We weren't fishing. We are sharing stories, learning about life. Well, a year later, uh, this gentleman, he invited me back, or we were at, back at a conference my wife and I went to, and he said, hey, we want to tell you something. We want you to come down, and I know you're coming down, um, but let me do something for you. And I said, sure. Well, he was a contractor. He had contracted building churches down in the area. He said, there's a, there's a private getaway place, Oceanside in Jacksonville. Your church doesn't have to pay for it. We'll just cover the cost, and you and your wife can stay there. Are you kidding me? And so we stay at this, and uh, just a beautiful place. And then after that, in the last three years, we've stayed friends. I, have, I text him all the time, how are you doing? And uh, he's walked, uh, you know, with, I don't want to be very confidential here. This is live right now on Facebook. And uh, he walked through some tough stuff. And I said, man, I'm there. And he go all the way back. Been praying, taking action, praising God. Was that a coincidence with my friend Bill? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think God has big plans for him. And I think God has a purpose for your life. You look back at the Israelites, he had purpose. You look back at Esther, he had purpose. And so when stuff starts blowing up all over the place, like the world's going to end, just wait till tomorrow because somebody new is going to have that theory again. We know it's going to happen someday. But how many know Jesus Christ is in full and complete control because he has all authority under the earth and on heaven? Come on, somebody, are you with me this morning? This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.